Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, folks. This is episode number 152 of the Craft Heads podcast, the podcast about nothing but also everything where everything is, oh, where stuff is, what? <laughs> I don't remember how it goes. Nailed it. So this, we, we fuck around, we talk around about a bunch of different shit, and uh, this episode is going to be a lot like uh, episode 72. It's uh, Norway versus Las Vegas. Alex and I are going to share just a little bit about our travels in the recent weeks. Um, have a new drink that they're excited to show me. And um, just talk about some other bullshit. We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. So, And we named it Versus. And that has there's no comparison here. It's just uh, Tommy happened to go to Norway with Claire. And uh, Tara and I were in Vegas that one trip. This was another time when we were both traveling around the same period. Uh, Tara and I were in Louisville, Kentucky. I learned that is officially how you pronounce it. Uh, our friend Pico says you have to pronounce it like you have gravel in your mouth. Louisville. Oh. Yep. And uh, Tommy was in the Bahamas. And for once, you know, Tommy always reminds me to bring my my critical game whenever necessary. You know, don't just be 100% positive all the time about everything. And we're going to do that on this episode. That being said, we had a great time in Louisville. Um, we're going to introduce the drink. <laughs> and then, um, t- Tommy, we're going to jump to Bahamas, and then we're going to go back to Louisville. But, Tara, why don't you introduce the drink? I'm going to show Tommy at the right time, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so the drink is from an activity that I did while I was at this uh, this little work conference thing. It was part of a group activity. Okay. So um, we went on this tour. I almost gave it away earlier. <laughs> we went on this tour of the uh, Louisville Slugger uh, museum and like factory area. So we walked through, got to see all that cool, uh, you know, manufacturing process, which was awesome. Very awesome. Right next door, there's a place called barrels and billets, billets. billets. I thought you said bullets. So billets, yeah. do you know what this, this is? Are you a baseball no. fan? Okay. So billets. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm, I don't like baseball. No, uh, <laughs> no. Um, billets are what it's like. It's what makes a baseball bat. It's like the, the unfinished product. It's like the wood that they the use. The wood, yeah, okay. like the, the cylindrical shape that they use to make and like, you know, grind it down or whatever, sand it down. I did not know that. So next door is this place called Barrels and Billets, and um, you do your own bourbon tasting. Mm. And Your own bourbon tasting? They bring out six bourbons to you. Are you really trying not to give it away? Is that why no. you're... No, <laughs> no, I'm just trying not to drop a row on the ground. <laughs> Tara's um, holding my dog very the, lovingly in her yes, lap right now. They bring out six bourbons. They bring you out this little tray, and I'll show you a picture of it. It's hilarious. It looks like a little kid, um, like a menu from, like, you can draw on and shit. And you basically do a bourbon tasting. You try all six of them, and then they have this process where you're mixing bourbons together. And they tell you, like, exactly how to do it. Hmm. And, like, you know, based on your own reaction, like, they, they say, like, you know, when you're trying your bourbons you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, keep in mind how you like those. And if you did not like those, which were your favorites, which were not your favorites. Oh, and then they have, yeah, they have this whole thing where you get to mix your own. And they also, so I was looking at this, this sheet of paper and I can post this in discord for they, anyone who's interested. So they have tasting notes for each bourbon. Yes. Every one of them is, is different okay. basically. And, um, because it's the wood that they put them in. Mm. That's what makes it different. And, uh, one of the, uh, suggestions was, um, so they were like, you know, mix your two favorites. And so they also had a whole other process. They have an algorithm where you scan this QR code and it's a calculator. So 
after you try all six, you go through and you, it asks you a series of questions. And so I like poo pooed this calculator. I was like, yeah, fuck the calculator. Like I, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do my own thing. Uh-oh. So I made my own, like I tried my own little, and you, you have tiny shot glasses. Like you're measuring on like a half a milliliter, like one li- milliliter and that's kind of, that kind of thing. So I'm mixing them together and the ones I made sucked. They were not good. And I did the calculator and it blew me away. Oh, really? Yes. So this I'm interested. Re- this to sounds s- really cool. I'm interested right. to see what you guys think. I made this with Alex in mind and you. Okay. You ready to see what this bottle looks like, Tommy? It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's called, Alex is showing me the bottle. It's just called Swarb, yeah. which is a short form nickname of Alex that yes. we use. So it's, um, it's, it says private stock, then Swarb on the label. And then it says very small batch. I have a fun fact about that later. Uh, we just poured our uh, a bourbon for Yaru, who just walked into the house. So, uh, cheers, Yaru. I hope you enjoy this bourbon. Cheers. Also, how did that cap just fall off? I, I didn't put it in enough. It, oh, okay. That's what she said. <laughs> wow. I, I'm smelling it for a long time first. Mm. Strong nose. That's That's a lot of vanilla. By the way, this is what proof here? Um, it's not 90 proof, so it's, okay. it's not weak. It's a Hossie boy, yeah. This is good. This is smooth. It, it's super smooth. It probably had because of that vanilla thing. Besides the vanilla, I'm not getting much else, but it, it's good. So I like it. I agree. It is very drinkable and terrible. Um, you can, like you said, you can post all the stuff in the Discord. But there were six different kinds of wood, if I recall, <clears throat> that you were testing and like you kind of were trying to think of. Oh, what would I like? There was one particular one, can't remember at the moment that we went with, but um, yeah, it's it's just really cool. You can go, quote, make your own bourbon by going through this and like mixing together the, the different flavor uh, notes and, you know, the aromas that you like and all that stuff. And then you can buy your own custom bottle. And what was this, Tara? $45? Yes. I think for the experience, it's really a cool thing. How much was the uh, did the experience cost? Uh, $55 a head, I think. And then 45 for the bottle? Yeah, and it was, I think, and again, this was booked through, someone else did the book, um, the booking for work, so I, I just, like, handed that, I'm like, I can't do another activity booking, <laughs> I just can't do it, I'll pull my eyes out. So, it included, I think the ticket included the um, the Louisville Slugger t- tour as well, and I don't know how much those were combined. Mm-hmm. I want to say both combined were $55 a head, mm-hmm. and then... If you Sounds wanted to purchase to this me. bottle, it was really fun. In the, in the vanilla you're tasting, so one of them, the very last one, they had a smoked, mm. they had a smoked one. Okay. And that one is sweet. Like they said, they're like, if you're, the woman even said, she's like, honestly, I, I would recommend if you're going to put that into anything, do it in a half, like, like a half or like, like 0.25 or like 0.5, like like half whatever you want to put into it and mm-hmm. then try it that way because it can overpower sure. what you did. So that's why I'm, I'm, it's a good thing you did. I the noticed, half. <laughs> yes, I noticed you picked it out and I was yeah. like, okay, thank God I stopped at like whatever, um, you know, small quantity I mm-hmm. did. Just, I threw it in just for like a little kick. This is like really warming the back of the throat. Is it for you guys too? It definitely is. And I, I learned how to taste and sniff bourbons and everything at one of the distilleries, which we'll get to at the Louisville segment. But this one definitely has, whenever I take it in through the nose, it's uh, it, it burns a little bit more for sure. Speaking of, since you guys are talking about uh, activities, I know it's not local activities uh, in your case. In my case, uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, 
there's a new thing that I did a couple weeks ago. Is it all right if I, I plug this real quick? Yeah. Um, we did a thing called Beat the Bomb, uh, which we have originally invited Tara and Alex to go to. They seemed less than interested for some reason. I don't Enthused. know why. I, I, I just not into that kind of stuff usually. It, it seemed like work team building, and I just couldn't do it. It was not so much team building. Uh, it was just a game. It was an escape room on steroids. Um, there's. I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone um, exactly what it is, but you do several rooms to t- to try to gain time for the final room you have it, all your rooms combined the time total that you scored to finish that puzzle in that time or you get sprayed with paint and you're in like a hazmat suit and everything but one of the rooms was uh resident evil 4 uh jumping over lasers that are like moving and and that's cool you get from one side of the room to the other and gain seconds for that and then there's a couple of other like physical activity stuff that I'm I'm sad you guys weren't interested because you would have had a great time. I I don't deny that at all. I I guess this is gonna sound like really existential and and boring, but I'm like directed through different things and and processes in my daily life and work. Like whenever I hang out with people, a lot of the times I just want to like hang out. You don't want instructions. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and that's of not how to have fun. That's not all the time, but it was just one of those things. Like. Um, I'll save this for another later episode so we can keep this one short, but I've had a lot of revelations lately because of all the travel we've done this year. And in fact, 50% or more of the travel was for other people. And like, it got a little exhausted and I was, we felt very lucky to, you know, be in all these weddings and stuff, but we're going to take December for ourselves. So more on, thank you more on that in another episode. Um, but speaking of the travel, Tommy, we'll come back to Louisville. Tell us about the Bahamas and how it was very, underwhelming (laughs) yeah so you might have uh noticed earlier when alex said he was kind of building up the episode and said he he needs to be a little bit more contrarian about things and they had a good time in louisville and he said dot 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 moved on to the next thing we had a good time in bahamas i will start by saying that but if if you you hear about the bahamas and like it's an island trip that uh, seems easy to get to because it's just a hop down from Florida. It is, and we were very lucky because we have two really great friends in Jen and Jimmy who have a timeshare down there, and so we got free stay. So I'm going to preface this by saying I'm being a an asshole by <laughs> complaining about this, but holy shit, is the Bahamas expensive. You're not complaining about the the trip or the friendship or all that stuff. It's just you're talking about specifically the Bahamas yeah. as an experience. And like you said, you can have fun anywhere with friends, even under bad circumstances. And these yeah. weren't bad. Right. Just they they weren't bad. Well, uh, there were there the hurricane was over top of us for three of the days. That's true. <laughs> um, her or the, Nicole, right? The yes. tropical storm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned hurricane. And it really the weather was not that bad, but it did cancel any kind of excursion that we could have done while mm-hmm. we were on the island. Uh, we were staying in the Atlantis, by the way, uh, which is the one of the biggest parts of Nassau, as everybody knows, or a lot of people would know. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the 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 man. Every single dinner we went to was a hundred plus, even when we were just like getting burgers. Oh, and it ooh. was. It was it was it got a little overwhelming at the end, and where we were like just getting a pizza and taking it back to the room and like playing games and stuff because perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was a lot of fun. Like we knew what we were doing, how to make it fun, and you know we were blessed to have, to make good money in our lives and stuff like that. But it also like I was thinking about other folks who are coming there, 
to have a good time and seeing how expensive everything was was just jarring and uh it's not a cheap vacation yeah and and I think they lure you in because it's cheap as hell and easy as hell to get there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you know, it's especially people who might not be able to afford like a really fancy vacation. They might almost be tricked seeing like, oh my God, Southwest, I can get there for a hundred bucks. Let's go, you know, yeah. and they figure just like whatever. And that that's, it's, this is good, Tommy. It's almost like a PSA, like, hey, this is uh, an expensive place to be. And and the other thing about it was like the the grounds were not that updated either. Like it, everything, and they were using COVID as an excuse still. In, just well, just like everybody else, we're almost in twenty twenty three, folks. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. You can't use that as an excuse. Yeah. But um, the yeah they they needed to update the 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 rooms a little bit. Um, once again, I want to say that we had a good time and everything was a lot of fun. But um. It, th- I, I want to comment on one thing that was actually amazing. The Atlantis Resort has a 30-minute long lazy river that... Do you like lazy rivers? Yep. I mean, who look, doesn't? Yeah, lazy <laughs> is in the word. Come on. Well, it, it's a little... It's a lazy river on steroids because they have like several sections throughout the lazy river where there's rapids. That's cool. And like you get splashed and like you go through a waterfall and then there's like... Uh, a wave pool esque thing going on where it like big waves just mm-hmm. kind of carry you for a long time, and um, there's parts where you can get off and take the really cool slides. Like anybody who's seen uh, videos or pictures of Atlantis, they like their iconic thing is they have a slide that uh, like a water slide that goes through a shark tank. So like the the tube goes through a shark tank, and there's sharks swimming around you as you're flying down the slide. So. The, the water activities are definitely cool and worth it, but everything else, like, was pretty expensive. But we did get to try Nobu. Do you know what Nobu is? That, is? is that sushi? Yes, it's, like, one of the most famous. World-renowned? World yes. Nobu, Nobu, Nobu. Yeah, like, yeah. future? Literally. Yes, yeah. future Nobu. Okay. Like, uh, rappers love Nobu. Rapper Nobu. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, so we, and uh, we, that was a really great dinner. But, is, um, is that one unique restaurant that's there, or is it? Like a fancy chain in several places. It's a. It's in a. There's one in Vegas. There's okay. one in Miami. Okay. There's one in New York. There's one in Atlantis. All right, you, Tommy, you got me into sushi. You've uh, you have the background in it from your dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know sushi. Is it really good? It was pretty good. Okay. It, it was like it definitely was fine sushi. Very fine, like fine dining sushi. I should say, like top tier status. I'll, I'll say, like I'm sure there's specialty sushi restaurants that do make it a little bit better because in the Atlantis Resort, everything is churn and burn. Yeah. Like, the service was pretty fast everywhere we went, but it's churn and burn. Yeah. You know, so... They're like, eat and get the fuck out so we can get the next table and the next tip. Pretty much. 100%. Well, I I, um, I did go to the Bahamas as a kid. I, I, I was very young, so I don't even count it, but I remember... And it was on a cruise. Uh, we stopped on two islands. So what, you, didn't go, you didn't get to go to Atlantis then? No. What, okay. um, what island were you on? Nassau. Nassau. So mm-hmm. we, we were on Nassau and Coco Cay, and the majority of the time that we spent there off the boat, which I'm glad for, was on the beach. Mm-hmm. Did you get to do any beaching at Not all? Not really, because the waves were so crazy because yeah, of the hurricane. Probably would have been dangerous. Actually, yeah. I was there during a regular time, and one of the waves almost killed me, but again, I was a kid. Well, they, they, they actually had a flag up that, that said, 
don't come on the beach okay basically you yeah. know like keeping us off yeah and that was for like three of the days there were a couple of days that the weather got a little bit nicer that they said you can come on the beach but there was very little yeah. swimming in the ocean so mid-november weather there how was it pretty nice yes yeah gorgeous oh. i mean like i i was in shorts the whole time not hot not cold oh that's that's so, terrific yeah. yeah well that's really awesome um and again like not it it sounds like the only really annoying thing was how unreasonably pricey it is it's not like it's it's a bad place it was that that and and what i was saying about the grounds not being super updated Mm -hmm. like i would understand if you were charging that price for the most modern up-to-date new experience in the world but it's like you guys gotta if you're gonna get this amount of money out of people exactly like you need to update your grounds but also they're probably paying like every single Bahamian person that like half the population probably works at Atlantis. Yeah. And yeah. they're paying for all of their salaries. Yeah. It's really crazy. And Tara made a good point before we got on the podcast, you know, again, COVID blanket excuse, like in their particular case, like Caribbean islands, they, I would say they have more of an excuse in the sense that, you know, a lot of the great majority of their money comes from tourism and COVID shut all that down. And it's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. are we just supposed to all starve, you know, and be destitute? So anyways, um, thank you, Jen and Jimmy, for a wonderful trip. Yeah, I, shout I, out I Jen hope, and Jimmy. Yeah, I hope that you guys don't think, if you're listening, don't take this as, I, I know Jen might think that this sounds like I was having a bad time, but we reassured her a hundred million times. We had a fantastic time. It was wonderful to get away from the... Uh, the rat race, so to speak. Oh my God! <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, shit. I was I was excited to go to Louisville yeah. to to segue to the the next segment here. So I won't go into as much play by play detail as I usually do. Uh, I will say that Louisville is you know I usually just I'm anti city in general. Like I kind of hate cities, but I still like checking out new cities. We were in Boston for a little bit, you know, last month, and I was like, oh, cool, it's a city. We went to a couple of cool breweries, and I was like, all right, I'm done. And, you know, that's a, a lot of the big cities are, are pretty much the same. Uh, our friend Pico said that Louisville is kind of like poised to be the next Nashville, which isn't a good thing for me, mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe even like a Chattanooga. But I can see this. A hundred percent. And I said, like, funny enough, I'll probably hate Louisville in five years. But the reason I loved it now is it was not busy and overcrowded it was extremely walkable. I didn't get an Uber except to go to the airport. That was like, and I had walking distance to tons of different restaurants. We stayed at a place called the Galt House. Shout out to them because the first room that we had was, uh, in hindsight, it was kind of hellish. Mm. It smelled weird. For some reason, Tara couldn't smell it. And I was like, I'm telling you, it smells fucked up in here. Um, there were squirrels in the ceiling. And I know them because they're in my condo building. <laughs> I was like, there are absolutely squirrels. And like they would... They would go through periods of crazy activity and literally wake us up like three times every night. It was hell. And our, the window wall that we had, which was like a weird shared balcony, which was also strange, had horrible insulation to the point where like cold air was streaming through at all times. So we had to turn on the heat, but it didn't have a real thermostat. So I had to keep on getting on, turn up the heat, and then I'm burning in hell, and I had to turn it off, and I'm uh. freezing. It was so weird. And finally, after two days, I was like, Tara, you need to talk to the front desk and tell them to put us in another room. She was all apprehensive about it. I was like, I'm telling you, they're not going to put up a fight. Like, this room sucks. And their customer service was incredible. Do you think they knew about that room? Eh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but we went from, like, this hellish third third world, third floor room, and they were like, all we have is available is on the 18th floor. And I was like, it's the same price, and you're just going to move us, right? He was like, absolutely. I was like, we'll take it. The room was 
excellent. I, I, I would say like the quality was pretty great and, uh, you know, great, great view. I mean, it's gray Louisville in the winter, but, uh, everything was fine and we had a wonderful stay there. So that's a great hotel, great location right on the river. Again, everything's walkable. And the, um, we had, we had some really good meals. I had one of the best fillets I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah. You did text me and Yaro about that. Actually. That's, that's right. So Tara went to her work dinner the one night and I went to, I kept calling it Jack Ruby's cause that's the, that's the guy who shot, um, that's the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald who shot JFK. Then I think it's Jeff Ruby's. I had that stuck in my head and, uh, I just got an eight ounce filet, some crazy six cheese, mac and cheese and some asparagus. But this filet was top tier and I'm, I've had enough really high quality beef in my life. As weird as that sounds. Cause I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I'm big on the quality of uh, cuts of meat and everything. This thing was outstanding and perfectly cooked. So definitely check that place out if you're ever there. We need to have a, a steak cast. Eventually. That would be great. Because you, you've, you've experienced a lot of cuts of meat in your life. Yeah. Definitely a lot more than me, I think. So I would like to hear your opinion on that. 100%. I'd love to do that. Or if we could just do like, like cook like a bunch of different kinds of steaks. Yeah. And like a have tasting, a feast of each. A meat and, tasting. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Because I was considering getting myself a ribeye because, you know, that's one of the most decadent cuts you can get. But especially because I was getting the mac and cheese and I wanted variety, I was like, eh, I'll cut back a little bit. I was like, the filet's only 70. So <laughs> this, this place was expensive. But to your point, you guys are getting burgers and whatnot yeah. and paying over $100. My whole thing after tip was like 120 We We did see uh, the filet cuts were like 86 or something like that. Yeah, but I, I bet they weren't Jeff Ruby's cuts. No, I'm oh, sure man. they weren't. The, the server told me. He was like, we, we've been told that many times. And I was like, hell yeah. So great place, great people. And the last thing I want to say about Louisville um, is that, oh, by the way, safe town. I walked around at night, mm-hmm. never never had any weird encounters. That'll change as it grows more, though. Like <laughs> I said, in five years, I'll hate it. Um <laughs> I, the, the distilleries, cause there are so many there, uh, they were kind of annoying. They're like banks. They're open like 10 to five. And I'm like, who the fuck can do that? Yeah. We're working. Yeah. Anyways, some of them had some extended hours, but I also needed one that was in walking distance of the Gulf. So I had a choice of several. Um, I know Evan Williams was one of them. Angels Envy was a little bit farther away. Um, but there were a few others, the easiest by far that I could get to on a lunch break. So I got up real early one morning, worked an extra hour and took a long lunch break <laughs> was old Forrester. Ah, so good, nice. well-known name. Um, I had always sort of, uh, I thought it was kind of like a bigger, you know, like one of the really giant names in, in spirits. And of course they are a big name, but here's the, the difference for me. They are still family owned. Mm. So Brown Foreman you love Corporate. That. It, I do. It's really important to me. Brown Foreman owns um, several different brands, including one of their sister companies is Woodford Reserve, which people love Woodford. It's it's kind of like a staple, I think, in its price range. Um, but Old Forester itself, God, I'm going to try and spout off as many of these facts as I can, and I already am screwing up. I swear the founder's name was George Garvey Brown, I think. Tara. And the current CEO and, and like main owner is the fifth generation grandson. So it is still in the family. They're still nice. doing things his way. It was founded in 1870. <laughs> and here's the craziest thing. They are, I think it's the only distillery period, definitely the only bourbon distillery that operated before, during, and after Prohibition. 
The oh, only nice. one. And here's the I'm going to I'm going to tell you some really cool shit, Tommy. I was I was just floored by this tour. Aaron was our tour guide. He was amazing, by the way. It's because they were able to acquire one of I think six licenses or certifications that allowed them to still sell their bourbon as medicine. What? Yeah, because like in that was that was the prevailing medicine of the time. Sure. You have a cold, bourbon. You have a hangnail, bourbon. <laughs> okay, like, just get drunk and not think about it. <laughs> they literally said hangnails, you could get a prescription for bourbon. Oh, it's uh, insane. But anyways, so they you know, they were they did great before prohibition. And what's crazy is because they were able to sell out as medicine, even though they could no longer make it during prohibition, they were still able to like sell through their reserves. Mm-hmm. And then when the government was like Hmm, we fucked up. We just lost 70% of our tax revenue, which according to this tour guide, again, I think I'm right when I say this, he said 70% of the government's tax revenue came not just from spirits, but bourbon specifically. Wow. Like, how stupid are these people? But that's that's governments for you. It's like the state government or the, it couldn't have been the federal. I don't know. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, actually, yeah, because I want to say like federal income tax kind of started in one of the world wars, maybe World War Two, and they said it was going to go away, and then they were just kind of like, "Oh no, we're just going to keep doing this." But anyways, <laughs> let's go do- not go down that rabbit hole. Um, it was an astronomical number that came from that. So they did what's called a distiller's holiday, where they were allowed to get special permission to distill more and make more bourbon. I think for one hundred days. So they ramped up crazy production, and then they started bear- or aging all of that. And by the time prohibition was repealed. They already had three and four year age bourbon. They never skipped a beat. That's cool. So like the history of this company is just unbelievably cool. Why couldn't people, businesses take a take a page out of that their book for COVID? Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> just, no. preaching to the choir over here. Um, so uh, a couple other really cool facts. Uh, one of the things I learned about Louisville is that they sit on and it's they claim that it's one of the most important things to why bourbon has to be made there and why their bourbon is so good is that they sit on one of the world's three largest limestone shelves. And limestone pulls uh, impurities out of water, including iron, which obviously makes would make any spirit or drink taste not good, mm-hmm. and replaces it with calcium and magnesium, I think. <laughs> so I've got a lot in my, rattling around in my head. And the other two biggest shelves in the world, Louisville's number three, are two other, I'm going to say regions that are known for other brown spirits you have any guesses tommy um sorry I, I, i'm gonna ass- i was looking away um scotland fucking nailed it that's okay. one because they do scotch yeah and then um think very close by uh ireland irish yes. whiskey you, you got them both <laughs> okay. those are the two other biggest limestone shelves in the world so um really that's a cool fact i thought um they also at old forester they make their own barrels uh, I don't know if it's for all of their operations, definitely for this particular one, which, by the way, the amount of bourbon that this place cranks out to me was staggering. And whenever I commented on that to the tour guide, because I finally got to go through the assembly line and like see bottles getting filled, see the stickers getting popped on, see the course going in. I put all the videos in the Discord. You guys check it out. It's really cool. But he was like, oh, you think the scale here is impressive? He was like, this is nothing. He was like, this is a small operation. And I was like, what, what the hell? Because he was telling us, like, I, he showed us the room, the warehouse with all, all the barrels being stored. And there was countless. I couldn't count them all. There were hundreds of them. And he was like, we have other places that have, I think these were the numbers, like 10 warehouses that house 20,000 barrels each. I was like, I, 
don't even know what that means. Incomprehensible. It really is. And they showed us in that warehouse where like rich people and or, um, you know, people with the right licenses and things like that, you can buy or you can taste a barrel or several barrels and sort of claim one as your own and then buy it along with the contents of all of it. And it's like twelve to seventeen thousand dollars. Thought that was hilarious. And um, then at the end, we had a tasting. Uh, I had four bourbons. One was their eighteen seventy, so that's like what they believe is the closest thing to the original thing. Because um, the that's the green bottle, isn't it? No, I think okay. that's the nineteen twenty prohibition. Okay, I think right. th- th- there might be more than more than one that's green. To be fair, I I was really close. Thank you, Tara. She looked it up. The guy's name was George Garvin Brown. Oh, I had okay. the leftovers on the brain. Garvey. But um, we had the 1870. Then there was one called the Statesman. Then there was a 1897 bottle and bond, 100 proof. And then the 1920 Prohibition style. And it was, I think it was 115 proof. Jeez. It was, you would not know it's 115 proof. Wow. Like, I truly fell in love with this place, the history all the incredible things that they were doing there. And again, this was like, this is the one that they're showing off to people because it's accessible. But um, it was just, it was a mind blowing experience. And I have a couple other facts for you and a quiz. To your knowledge, what makes a bourbon a bourbon? What do you need to have? More than 50% uh, rye or the, the opposite. It's got to be less than 50% rye, right? 51% corn. Okay. Specifically 51% corn. On, on the mash bill. Gotcha. So that's, I also knew it was 51% corn, but that's kind of where my knowledge ended. And I've always been confused. I was like, does it have to be Kentucky, blah, blah, blah. And he, he did clarify. He was like, technically, you can make it anywhere in America. As a matter of fact, I think either every state is doing it. One of the most recent ones to join on, maybe it's like 48 states, was Alaska. Somebody's making bourbon in Alaska. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said, if you're from Kentucky, that's bullshit. He was like, Bourbon is made in Kentucky. Okay. Like, that's bourbon. Okay. And I think like 90% of it is made in Kentucky. Um, and a ton of it in Louisville specifically. But uh, that was one of the really cool things. Their particular mash bill. Now, this is what I, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to keep repeating blowing my mind. But their mash bill, was it was um, 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% barley. Okay. And, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, here's the thing. All those different bourbons that they have and they have a ton they're brewing like maybe a dozen right now guess how much that mash bill changes never right it never changes <laughs> okay. and, and i admit that i got i learned more things that i didn't know here all of the flavor comes from what kind of wood you put it in and how long it stays in there okay period that's cool do you know what it's called before it goes in there after they do all of the distillation and everything uh, I just learned this term the other day. It's a great word. I love it. Uh, yeah, and I, I knew it was really weird. Go ahead. White dog. Oh, I, I didn't hear that, You never actually. heard that? No. So that whenever they go through the process of all the fermenting, and then they distill it, and, and all of that, and they get it to the target proof, which their target proof before they age it, I believe, is 140 uh, proof. It's called white dog. And technically, you can drink it. It's very harsh. That yeah, sounds awful <laughs> it has some really intense flavors or in some cases lack thereof but like some people can and will or even might like to drink it like i really really want to try it sometime i just think it's a, a funny concept but i was just blown away like they showed us how they charge all i blown away fuck <laughs> they uh they charred the barrels and uh again they do this all in-house and it was neat because he was like this is not a disney world prop i mean we rely on the tours to get through our barrels because yeah. they let they let you press the button and it goes through but bourbon, I already liked it 
you know, Tommy and I are bourbon drinkers. I got real into the culture yeah. going to the home, the heart of it all and everything that goes into it and just well, it's good tasting. T- it's good timing too, because fall and winter, you drink a lot oh, yeah. more bourbon. You drink warm spirits. By the way, he told me another fun fact and he was like, I'm not, he didn't say this. He's like, I'm not shitting on other distilleries or whatever, but, um, you see these words here, a uh, very small batch and small batch in general. Guess what that means? That's one, no, one barrel. It means nothing. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's no real designation for it. You can call anything you want small batch. Okay. So when you see that, it's just like when you see all natural on a food, uh, it literally has no meaning. It's complete right. bullshit. So kind of funny. Um, can I can I say something about yeah. your swore yeah. bourbon since yes. we're talking about it? Um, by the way, he, he Alex was showing me his his swore bottle of bourbon when we were talking about the very small batch thing. Uh, take a little swig of this, and I know it's hard to do because it's strong, mm-hmm. but swish it around just a touch. I, I do that with all my tastings. How it makes it all so much sweeter. It like whenever you swish it, it releases some of that sweetness for some reason. Let me uh, let me try and sound. Uh, intelligent from an anatomical standpoint, aren't your sweet tasters on the sides of your tongue? I uh, maybe not. Good question. I know sour is tip, bitter is back, and then I don't know where salt and sweet are. Can you say something else to fill the time whenever I'm looking this up? No, no, yeah, I'm gonna no! put you on the spot. You got to do it. Um, oh, actually, I do have something else I can say you. real quick. Um, there, there's a TV show, I Outlander. Uh oh. <laughs> It's it's you like you already found it. The the tip is salty. Oh, tip is salty. Oh wait, salty. this has this has a no over it. What's that mean? Tip is sweet. sweet yeah, sweet's at the I, I just think to this point, swishing it around, you get everything that's in there. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's what I was getting at. But go ahead. Um yeah, we could end with this if if you'd yeah. like. Um I TV show that I'm currently watching, have been watching for a little while, Outlander. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a little bit, right? Yes. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, it's like a time period piece. It's about a woman who gets abilities to travel back in time and she, they like permanently love are back in that time at this point. And, uh, they're going through, um, the civil war, the, oh wait, the revolution, the, the American revolution. And then now they're in the 1800s and they're like growing out the colonies in North Carolina right now. And Jamie, who's the main male character of the show is like a is like a prominent figure in North Carolina and like the settlements there and one of his biggest products is it, he makes bourbon and like people from all over the state come to have his bourbon and that's like kind of a big part of the show it's that's re- really cool I love it dude it's yeah. like it gives I, a lot of like pleasure to me <laughs> so if if anybody out there is thinks like bourbon is over talked about cuz I've definitely noticed a resurgence in popularity with it I'll say in the past five plus years like it's mm. really kind of exploded it is interesting mm. i mean i again i liked the taste and i liked drinking it but now that i know about the history of it and how it's a special american and uniquely kentuckian product like you know because you hear about cognac and port and anything else that is a i can't remember the term but it's like a ob- or a product of protected origin basically that can only be uh, made or called that when it's from there. Champagne, Champagne, France. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever get something Bordeaux. from Cal- Yeah, if you ever get anything from California, uh, a bottle of champagne, it will say California Champagne on the bottle because mm-hmm. they can't call it just champagne. It's Bourbon has a really cool story, and Old Forester's story is truly... Mind-blowing. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I'm, I'm glad that you, you did it for me. It, it is, though. Check it out. 
it's well worth uh, looking into. And I will also say that Louisville is is worth a visit. I think it's a really cool city, and I don't like cities. So there you have it. Cheers to uh, a nice short and sweet episode about our travels. And thanks for more bourbon. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you couldn't cheers with an empty glass. And uh, to our night tonight. Let's right get on. fucked up. Let's do it. going on at Ciara. he's here somewhere that what <laughs> a german was just announced <laughs> is he in the house hey <laughs> come on in we're recording an episode right now after you stop the music <laughs> oh, the i was like what the far. fuck is going on that's hilarious. He, oh yeah, he so he connected. It. Yeah, like he, did you like start it from outside? Yeah, that's amazing. That's oh so good. God, Would you like a little bourbon? What a stupid question. Okay, go, <laughs> go grab yourself myself. a cup.